Everybody is talking about putting tech into their business. Everyone's laying off Twitter, Facebook, laying off people. There's tons of people on the market. We've got to hire some people. We can get a good deal on them and we can start injecting some technology into our business. <clears throat> Are you thinking like that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, let's, we're going to talk about that today. What is that? Happy April 12th to everyone. Hope everyone had a great Easter. Um, a couple of points of housekeeping. My name is Corey Harlock. I am the principal founder of Key Hire Solutions. We make hiring easy for small businesses. We are an affordable, fractional uh, talent planning and acquisition service, specifically for small business, five $25 million. We help you build leadership teams, upgrade positions, create, add new positions, whatever you need. <clears throat> um, secondly, uh, if you like what you hear on this podcast, on this live stream, like it, follow us, subscribe. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Apple. I think we're on Google. Matt has us on everything. But uh, go to Spotify, or if you're listening to us on Spotify, you like what you're hearing, subscribe because we put these, uh, we put two or three of these out every month, and we are specifically talking to small business owners, small business owner mindset, how you can improve your business in all aspects. We'll talk, we talk about all kinds of cool stuff. If you're more of a video person, jump over to YouTube, Key Hire Solutions Small Business, and uh, you can like the, uh, subscribe to our channel. We're putting shorts out. <clears throat> uh, we're putting videos out, lots of awesome content. Or if you just want to follow us through LinkedIn, you can always go like our page, Key Hire Solutions on LinkedIn. There it is. All right. Awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's talk about this whole technology deal. Uh, I've worked with a few clients who over COVID, everyone was of the mindset, well, we're, maybe we're slow, maybe now is the time, we need to take this opportunity to kind of modernize the business, inject some technology to help us be more efficient, more effective, track our numbers, whatever it was. <clears throat> and technology uh, personnel, the need for them went through the roof. Uh, and they were getting pulled off the shelves, right? There, there was uh, not enough people and, and people wanted to hire them as, you know, W-2 employees. And the competition for those people was fierce. And it was like the housing market. If you were first and you were paying the most and you were offering uh, what those people were looking for, one of those seven negotiating points, which we'll talk about a little a little more, you you could win and you could land those people in your business. So if you're getting ready to, or you've been thinking about hiring someone to do technology in your business, I, I want to talk about kind of three things we need to think about. Number one, is your current leadership team ready uh, to bring in someone who's going to rock their world, shake things up, do things differently. And what we find a lot of times is if you have leaders that are currently struggling to meet your current demand or uh, are not open to new ideas, and I'll share an example of what that looked like. I had a client uh, a while back and they had an operations person, and this isn't technology, but this is just an openness to new ideas and a new way to do things. And that person, you know, when I was talking to them, I said, do you implement any lean management uh, into your operation? And their response was, what's lean management? 
And I said, well, that's one of these cool um, ways of doing thing where you kind of attack the different constraints in your business to make sure you're always making it more efficient, constant improvement, all those good things. And they were kind of looked at me and said, oh, okay. And I said, do you think that would be valuable in your business? And the response I got back was, no, nah, I think we do a pretty good job. So that, that reflects a leader that uh, doesn't know what they don't know and maybe aren't open to new ideas. And I actually came across something really cool. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, D-U-N-N-I-N-G, Kruger, K-R-U-G-E-R effect. And the Dunning-Kruger uh, effect basically states, there are a number of reasons people fail to acknowledge their own incompetence. Uh, the most important thing to understand in this regard is that we tend to consider others as incompetent while, fail, uh, while we can fall prey to the Dunning-Kruger effect as well. And basically what the Dunning-Kruger effect is, is it's where uh, pe people overestimate their capabilities based on nothing but their bias. So if they were playing a game, they would say, oh, this game's easy. And then they would play it and they would lose. And instead of saying, well, maybe I'm not very good or maybe I need to learn how to play the game better, they would probably accuse the other person of cheating or say, well, this is a stupid game anyway. You know, I should be winning. I don't know why I'm not winning. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is something you should definitely check out. But what also kind of falls under that purview is the Peter Principle which states that everyone will rise to the level of their own incompetence. Meaning as we get promoted or you promote people in your business, um, they will rot, you will promote them to the point where they fail. Um, and it's no fault of their own. They've just kind of been pushed too far, too fast. And we haven't insulated them with the support in terms of leadership or mentorship or education. We haven't given them a way to uh, round out their skills, their experience, put tools in their tool belt to tools in their tool belt to effectively uh, run or manage that area of the business, right? Um, and this happens a lot in manufacturing facilities. On the operation side, we'll see it. It's that line person, you know, that that welder or that assembler that showed up every day. And they were on time and they took a little initiative. So we said, well, heck, maybe we'll get you to, to manage a part of, uh, of the, the manufacturing process. And they seemed to do a good job at that. And the people kind of liked them. And we said, well, heck, let's make you maybe a supervisor over the entire operation. And they seem to do okay at that. And maybe they have a manager above them that's been there a while, a little crusty, a little grumpy. They do a good job at being the go-between then that grumpy uh, manager either resigns or is terminated. And you think, well, heck, we'll just move them right up. Then they fail. Then the operation stops working, right? Your on-time deliveries start declining. Your quality declines. The uh, culture and overall workplace happiness uh, declines. And that's because now they're over their head and they're micromanaging and they're creating conflict and they're kind of do as I say, not as I do. They've taken on this new tack that is outside of their normal personality. And that might be an indicator that they Peter principled out, right? We push them beyond their capabilities. All this to say, 
if this sounds like what your your environment is and you're getting ready to put a big push on tech, you need to address it because you can spend a ton of money on tech uh, and no one will use it. Or people will find ways to diminish it or say it's not going to work and they will set you up to fail. So you have to make sure your whole team is on board and ready to use this or at least open to using it. That's step number one. Step number two, you have to be prepared to pay for your technology. So let's take a look at some stats. We are apparently uh, going into a recession, but the national unemployment rate is sitting somewhere between 3.8 and 4%, which is super low. Uh, there are more jobs than people. And I think that number is around, there's 5 million more open jobs currently out there than there are people to fill them. That's a tight market. But if we look at the, the tech segment, if you look at technology on its own, the unemployment rate in tech is hovering around 2%, just over maybe 2.1, 2.2. That is about uh, two percentage points lower than the national average. And people, the jobs are being added to that market segment, right? So, so if we look at retail or restaurants or things like that, jobs are falling off there. But in tech, everyone's thinking, well, now is the time to, to, to inject some technology into our business and make some improvements. So tech jobs are being added. And as a part of the unemployment rate, tech is at 2% unemployment, which means there are hundreds of thousands of tech jobs out there and no one to fill them. And people are thinking, well, yeah, but Twitter's laying off and Facebook's laying off. Those people aren't the people that are going to come to your small business and help you do a user interface or help you create a website or help you create a custom, a piece of custom software. Uh, those people are working for these hard, huge companies. They're working remotely and they're doing super advanced work. Some of them might be suitable, but not all of them. So we need to get out of this. There's tons of tech people on, on the, the market right now. Um, we'll just go pick one of those people up because reality is those people got laid off and probably went back to work within a week uh, because other people who were doing similar things, tech startups or large tech companies were thinking, oh, we'll snap these people up and they can afford them because these people are making lots and lots of money. So we need to look at the market. Now, as we start looking at the market, that's number two. What is the market for tech? So is our business ready to utilize? If I invest in tech, are my leaders ready to embrace it and utilize it? Number two is the market for tech is not, it's tighter than you can imagine. It's, it's not an open market. People, tech, people with tech backgrounds are not, you know, um, struggling to find work. It's still a buyer or a seller's market in tech, right? Again, I've used the, the analogy of real estate. Whoever shows up first and makes the best offer is going to get the house in a hot real estate market. And that's essentially what's happening with tech as well. So the third element we need to look at is what's your offer? And we talk about the seven negotiating points 
uh, as business owners, what are the things we can negotiate on and being business owners where we can be agile in terms of how we structure our offer for employment? What are the seven levers? So it's title. Uh, people like to show, I know a lot of business owners say, we don't care about titles, but people coming into your business do, and they want to show a progression in their career. So we need to understand that, recognize it. Number two, salary, base. What are we paying? And no one's going to take a job. Uh, no one's going to take a pay cut to take a new job and come and work for anyone, unless you're Google or Apple or, you, you know, you can sell them something. Number three, incentives. Are we offering bonuses or year-end bonuses or incentives? Number four, benefits. Do we have a good benefit package? And if we don't, are we willing to find ways to level people up so we can keep them whole? Uh, if the benefit package is, is not on par with what they're used to and they end up paying $500 more a month in benefits than they used to, and we give them a $10,000 raise, well, now they really only have a $4,000 raise because they're out of pocket $500 each check. These are things we need to be considering. So we have title, base salary, incentives, benefits, 401k. This is becoming more and more important to people. What does 401k look like? Um, we have PTO. Uh, are you willing to match PTO? As an aside, you know, the, the standard with PTO is we give it on experience, not tenure. And a real easy way to look at that is if someone's coming in with 10 years of experience, well, if I was with your company for 10 years, what would my PTO be? Oh, it's four weeks, then we will give you, we'll match your four weeks vacation, right? We don't say, well, we start everyone at two. Who's going to come to a new job and get punished and lose all the PTO they've worked long and hard to accumulate? And then the final one, number seven, is uh, schedule. Flexible, is it remote? Is it hybrid? Is it in office? Now let's look specific to tech. How do we break this down? Well, statistics tell us that 42% of people working in tech work a full remote schedule, fully remote. They're probably doing it from their van on the beach somewhere, you know, they might not even be in the country. 42, another 42% 42 of these people require a hybrid schedule. And that doesn't mean like flex Fridays. That means probably three days out of the office and two days in the office. So we're up to 84% of tech people and 14% of people go in the office. Yep, there's some missing points there. There's 4% missing, didn't show up in, in the stats. What's important to note is the 14% of in-office people are generally working for smaller uh, small businesses and, and uh, smaller companies, not the big guys. So if we look at our seven negotiating points when it comes to schedule, if you're requiring them to be in office, you are now choosing from 14% of the available people. Argument's sake. And we also need to look at geography. People aren't going to drive an hour uh, to come and work for you every day in your office when they are probably getting a job offer at the same time to do a hybrid or a remote job. 
these are things we need to consider. So if, as we start putting all these pieces of the puzzle together, what does it look like? So if I require someone to come in office, I need to be looking at, you know, let's call it a 30 minute radius from my office for commuting sake. So what's that? You know, 20, 30 minute drive or uh, 20 miles, 20, 30 miles. Within that 20 mile radius, how many people are there that have the experience and the skills to do the job you're looking for? Let's call it 25, 30 people, maybe, depending on what the job is and how specific it is, right? If you're requiring a certain language to be written or you're requiring experience with a certain kind of database or a certain software, let's call it, let's call it 20. 20 people within this radius can do it. Now, if you require them to be in office, you're looking at 14% of that 20 people, three people. So now we have three, yeah, that's that's about right. Uh, 14%, what's that? 24, five people, we'll call it five. No, that's not wrong, my math is horrible, but 20%, 10% of 20 is two, uh, so it's three people. I'm right, it's three. So now we, we're down to three people. Now we got to hope those three people want to work for us. They don't have another job offer, another company who's saying, yeah, you can work fully remote. So we have three people and we're hoping everything aligns. We have to offer. And if you want them in office, we're going to have to pay a premium because they're not going to take a 5% increase to go from a hybrid or a remote schedule to an in-office and to be in my experience has shown it's a 20 to 30% bump. So if they're a hundred thousand dollar year employee, that's what they're making right now. They're not, and they're working a hybrid or a remote schedule. If you want them to come in office, you're going to need to pay 120, 130 base. And then you're going to have to keep them whole on all the other seven negotiating points we talked about. But let's get back. There are three people that are willing to come in office. Um, they probably have at least another offer or another company they're talking to. So we got to get B first and we got to offer the best package, right? That's how hard it is if you're expecting people to come in office. Now, if you're if you're if you want someone fully remote on the other side, we can be nationwide. Let's do time zone. So we're in central time. So we want someone to work the same schedule we do. Maybe we'll target someone for a fully remote schedule in the central time zone. Now, how many people are there out there? that have the skills we need. That number is gonna go up a lot, right? Maybe there's hundreds now of people. And of those hundreds, because we're offering a fully remote schedule, we don't only get to choose from 14% of those hundreds, we get to choose from 100% of the hundreds. And our premium on having someone work a remote schedule Offering a remote schedule is the only way to get someone to say, well, I currently make 100, but I'm working a hybrid schedule. I would take 100 to go full remote, right? They would come across kind of at the same base salary that they're currently at to have the freedom of working remote. So having requiring someone to come in office, you're you're limiting your pool of people to very small. You're putting a premium on that job. You're going to have to pay through the through the nose to get them to, to commit to that. 
And you're going to be competing against companies that, whether they're offering in-office hybrid or remote roles, that's stiff, hard competition, right? Like you got to get really lucky to get that done. If you go the opposite end of the spectrum and you're offering full remote, now we have hundreds, if not thousands of people to choose from. Uh, we don't need to pay a premium because we're offering that remote, right? We can even target the hybrid and in-office people. So if we look at that as a percentage of people, right, that's uh, 56, 58% of those thousands who we can say, look, at, we'll offer you a full remote position and, you know, we might give you a small increase, but there's not a premium of 20 to 30% on that. I hope that all makes sense. Uh, because it really is, if you just break it down and say, well, I need to hire someone. Um, and if I need them close to me and be in the office, I'm limiting my pool and I'm really chopping it up by having that in-office requirement for technology people, right? This is what we're talking about. If you want to increase your chances of getting something, someone, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. And if you want to go full remote, now you've really opened up that candidate pool to many, many, many more people. And your, your chances of finding someone are going to be greater. The opportunity to find someone is going to be greater. Um, but they're going to be remote. And if you're not comfortable with that, well, you either got to find a way to get comfortable with it. Or you can go back to the, well, we require them to be in, a, in office. And your opportunity to find that person is is. A, you know, a small percent, if not a percentage of a percent, if you're not willing to just throw money at them and level them up and keep them whole with, with and utilize all of the uh, negotiating points that we talked about before. So that's kind of my rant on what it's like for to inject technology into your business as it is. Um, it's a great idea. Maybe you don't want a W-2. Maybe you want to engage a firm that's a 1099. Who's going to manage that, right? We have to make sure we dedicate someone to that who has a bit of savvy. Maybe you find a consultant to manage the 1099 or the offshore or whatever it is. So there's lots of different options to get this done. The consultant might even be able to work with your existing team and bring them up to speed and say, hey, uh, here's what we're trying to do. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, you're not, you know, why are you resistant to, to implementing this? Is there anything I can walk you through uh, versus going out and trying to hire someone full time? But I wanted just to make it clear that a lot of people are thinking, well, now is the time to add tech and hire people because the market's flush with tech people. And it just isn't. Uh, it's It's tighter than tight. It's it's crazy out there. And if you're going to kind of put this on your plate and make it an objective and something you want to get done here in Q2 or Q3 or Q4, you really need to, to have a, a plan together. I'm happy to work you through that plan. If you want to kind of check in with me and we can always schedule a call and then kind of I can give you some more information on how to get this done. Because um, it is important. Putting tech in your business is important. But you can't just kind of say, we're going to pay $80,000 and we want someone in office and expect that to happen because it won't. Um, you, you need to be a little more sophisticated around putting this plan together and what, what's it going to take to get someone to say to say yes, right? To go on a date with you and then agree to get married. So that's all I have for today. 
Uh, that was, uh, I hope it made sense. I hope there's some good takeaways from you there. If you have any questions, please let me know. You can always sign up. We have a, a, a free consultation on the website. Uh, oh, gotcha, Matt. <laughs> uh, we have a free consultation on the website you can sign up for. Um, if you want to understand how to put together the right hiring process, if, if, you're, if you've done all the work and you feel like, yeah, I, I, I have the plan, now I need to execute on it, we have a free resource, our ebook, our, our guide to hiring success on, on the uh, website. That's our proprietary system we use with every client. We get a 90% success rate utilizing that process. So download it and, and utilize it. If you have any questions, you can always connect with me. I think with, with that download, we, we offer a consultation. So feel free to, to take us up on that. Don't forget to like or follow uh, the podcast. Don't forget to go to YouTube. Yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google. We're everywhere. Check out the YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you subscribe to that. We're always pumping out content. You can like our LinkedIn page. There it is. And uh, did I forget anything, Matt? Flash it up there if I forgot it. All right. Well, thanks everyone for your time. I appreciate it. And we will see you all in two weeks.